0: I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite lore cast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast universe of lore behind the Mass Effect games. We'll talk about all the details you may have missed, ask the hard questions, and more. Specters, welcome back to the Mass Effect Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm here with my buddy, And seven, the legend, the man with all the answers to all the nitty gritty details in the lore. I'm setting you up for failure right here. Um, But I I feel like today's episode, you're going to have a lot to say. I normally do. Uh, do. (laughs) That's true. That's true. It's rare that we have an episode where, where there's a topic and you're like, well, I don't really have a lot to say about this one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i guess you could say i i am kind of a fan of the series i, I normally have an opinion bit, on things a little bit a little bit well it's more than a fan of the series you're somebody who uh it means like there's one thing to be a fan of the series i'm a fan of the series i like to play the games but i like to play lots of games i'm a fan of lots of series this is for you Your like bread and butter this is like there's something about the way this is written and the experience of playing it that fundamentally affects you on a very very deep level right
1: yeah yeah i'd say that's accurate yeah something about mass effect was just like instant connection if it were a person i would say that i'm in love with that well i i am in love with you have
0: you have an affection for a a deep it has moved you a massive affection it has moved (laughs) you deeply um well speaking of moving deeply some people are moved deeply by uh caden that's today's topic as yeah, yep. as uh, well, you had to in order to tweet this out. You had to look up a Caden picture and had to w- work your way through some sexy Caden pictures that you were not going to share. Although I definitely told you to do, um, but <laughs> I think that it is some testament to that, right? Oh, yeah, there is a certain
1: um, love, and I would call it a rabid love in some instances for uh, Caden Alinko that, uh, to give you an idea, uh, I, I just Googled Caden Alinko to find a, a photo of him so that I could tweet out the notification that we were going live. And there were like immediately two or three shirtless photos of Caden. Right. right. Not not all of them actually from the game. Yeah, like, f- some fan of them art. Just, and, yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. And so... And I've been on Mass Effect Twitter. I see. I see what you guys are doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've I've seen that. But you know we've discussed biotics now, and we're getting into characters again, and we're talking about Kaden Alenko. So as you can see, you know we went from weapons to Ashley, and now from biotics to Kaden. And I think you know our listeners are probably getting a grasp of how I'm structuring these episodes and alternating between relevant topics. You're giving away all their secrets. <laughs> yeah that's a little bi- inside baseball right there. Uh-huh. Um but w- w- the bi- the Biotics episode was kind of a perfect sequitur into um because so much of his identity is based around being this broken but powerful biotic hero of virtue. Mm-hmm. You know like mm-hmm.
0: it, it's he's very much, you know Uh, a biotic paladin paladin? yeah yeah yes yes. and this is not in the show notes that just like came to mind as we were both thinking about that yeah yeah he's the paladin of the series i I could see that
1: yeah definitely so you know let's let's start with the basics number one he's canadian obviously a paladin (laughs) then (laughs) very very paladin very polite Yes, he is, he is very polite and, and mild-mannered most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he likes beef, beer, and bacon. The three B's. We know this
0: from the <laughs> Citadel DLC. And uh, the, the three things. And, uh, side note here, guys. Pers- on a personal note, I have not been able to stream as much this week because I, I have a foot injury. And I've had to go to the d- doctor a few times on it. Chances are, and this is real personal, chances are I have um, gout in my big toe on my left foot that sucks right it's like genetic and it's one of those things that like flares up it's not there all the time but it'll flare up if you eat beef drink too much beer or bacon and some other things <laughs> it's just ironic that this comes up in this episode those are three things kaden, i can no longer enjoy kaden is very primed
1: for gout <laughs> oh my god are you telling us yeah
0: yeah and man don't yeah don't get out it's genetic there's nothing you can do about it i wonder if gout would interfere with his biotic ability uh, uh, as long as he's not like shooting as long as he's not using like his big toe on one of his feet to like focus the energy like that's his move as we talked about previously <laughs> to like focus yeah yeah i can i can see it yeah they, they,
1: they do the tai chi poses sometimes involve biotic mm-hmm. kicks yeah which we know no Kayden pointed is toes of.
0: Ugh, that, oh i'm just no. thinking about that right now oh man
1: well, he, he, turned, he, he mentions the beef, beer, and bacon because of the Citadel DLC, and he also tells us that he learned to cook for himself out of necessity, because you remember, like we talked about during the Bionics episode, they need more calories than the average person. Well, beef, beer, and
0: bacon is pretty good for extra
1: calories, yeah. All very, very, very heavy in calories. So... About his personality, uh, just to kind of start, Caden has got a very reserved demeanor. And the the player can get him to open up the more you befriend him, but regardless, he conducts himself in this stereotypical naval officer kind of way, this professional straight-laced. But he, he will tell you what he thinks, but he'll code it in a very tactful way most of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. veterans listening to this podcast probably know someone they served with who is similar to Caden. That makes sense. It's just so, it's so stereotypical military officer kind of uh, interaction.
0: Very careful with with your words. still going to tell you what they think, but very careful about the way they deliver it. Yeah. And that way he is the opposite of Jack. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And well, there are a few characters that are just like, wow, here's exactly what I think. It doesn't matter. Yeah. uh, Yes.
1: Um, <laughs> he's the polar opposite of Rex, right? Yeah. Right. You can tell he bites his tongue a lot in the name of dignity and respect. And if this were in a medieval period piece, he would definitely be a knight.
0: Mm-hmm. Paladin again.
1: Yes. Knight I don't know if you've been watching house of the dragon, I have. but yes. So f- for better or for worse, there were certain qualities about Caden that while I was writing this and maybe it's because house of the dragon is fresh on my mind, but while I was writing this, I, I thought, oh my God, Caden is a lot like
0: sir kristin cole oh man that's a there are things about sir kristin cole though that i'm not so much a fan of yes there. sir kristin cole
1: has certain incel qualities
0: (laughs) there's yeah there's yeah okay there's a lot to unpack there but I, i get where you're going
1: yeah, at least, you know, for the first few episodes before yes. he kind of revealed yes. his true colors. Yeah. Then,
0: then there was the whole like decline. Yeah. Okay. We, we're not doing a, a Game of Thrones. The dragon <laughs> <up. Yes. laughs>
1: yeah. Well, his, his, so his conservative disciplined mindset is I think a result of what he went through as a, as a adolescent. Perhaps it's partially because of his familial upbringing too, because Caden was born into an Alliance family his dad having been the one who served. His mother though uh, was actually impacted by one of the Starship crashes that we talked about last week Mm. in Singapore. So she was exposed to dust form element zero, which is how Caden became a biotic. Uh, And thankfully Caden was one of the lucky ones because he became biotic instead of getting a crippling disease.
0: Mm -hmm. You get a magic baby instead of a very sad situation.
1: You get a magic baby instead of a, a terrible scenario. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I will uh, take the magic baby every time. <laughs> and more importantly, much of what we know about biotics, like I said last week, uh, like Brand Camp, comes from Caden's origin story. So if you're listening to this episode, and you haven't yet listened to the biotics one, you may want to go back and do that first, you'll just we're going to reference a lot of stuff from it. So it'll and if you're not too familiar with biotics, it'll be a good uh, brief synopsis. So you remember how humans need to have in utero exposure, and only those one in 10 babies actually develop the potential for biotic use magic babies. They become magic babies, mm-hmm. and then and then they hit puberty, and they get this implant, then they go off to training,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which for humans was primarily done through this company named Kinetics. It's the same company that was founded through research grants after the Starship, sac- starship accidents that spewed EZO all over the place, um, and their job was to track down human biotics who maybe had the possible uh, potential of being
0: useful right right yeah and then like jub jub says in chat and they become like the x-men because they go to brain camp yes, except it's like home. evil x ex- it's like terribly run not professor xavier's school for the gifted yes it's magneto's
1: um school for the, the talented yeah uh, yeah yeah, it's a terrible place. So Kinetics founds this thing called Bot, uh, B-A-A-T, Biotic Acclimation and Temperance Training, although Caden tells us that name doesn't last long once you're past the airlock. Uh, it is located at Jump Zero with Gagarin Station, the farthest uh, solar station from Earth that the Alliance runs. So it's right at the edge of the solar system and it's meant to evaluate biotics abilities. And effectively, it turned into a recruiting camp for the Alliance. And it was, it was pretty, pretty messed up. You know, most biotics who were sent there were teenagers separated from their parents. Uh, and the parents were told, you know, Oh, your, your child is dangerous. This is for your child's own good. Mm -hmm. Caden call the way Caden explains it to us is a bunch of guys in suits show up at your door after school. Next thing you know, you're out on jump zero. That's pretty sketchy. That's just
0: it. Boom. You're out there. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine a bunch
1: of feds show up at your door and demand your
0: child? Yeah, sure. Uh, no, that sounds terrible. That sounds terrifying. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So he had to go through some really, really sketchy stuff from very early on in life. I can't even imagine how traumatic that must've been. Uh, and things I'd like to say things got better, but they didn't get better after, you know, for, for a while, uh, mainly because of brain camp. The teaching staff at Brain Camp wasn't the best. In fact, they were downright psychopathic, uh, at least one of them. If you've read the Mass Effect Foundation comic about Caden, then you've seen just how absolutely brutal uh, his his instructor was, Commander Vernus, a Turian ex-military mercenary that clearly hated human beings, Uh because he had served in the first contact war. In fact, the very first time Vernus meets uh Caden, this is according to Caden, by the way, but very first time he meets Caden, he says, I think I killed your father. I think I shot down the ship that your father was serving on.
0: Yeah, and that name Vernus is very Turian. I mean, especially the way it looks, not even the just the way it sounds. Yeah. V Y R N N U S. Mm -hmm. It's very very Turian.
1: Uh and so, Caden retorts that, yeah, well, my father didn't actually serve in the first contact war. So, <laughs> it, it just exposes how much <laughs> of an asshole Vernus is. Right. Um, and it's so bizarre the entire situation. He's this Turian ex military mercenary who the program has hired to teach kidnapped children how to use their biotics, who, by the way, were not allowed to contact their family when
0: they were at bra- Brain yeah. Camp. Oh, that, uh, man, this is not a good recipe. It's terrible. It's all levels are messed up. Yeah, it's it's so it's
1: it should have been Emily Wong, the reporter from Mass Effect One, should have been reporting on this. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Where was she? Although she would have been far too young. She was like in her 20s in Mass Effect One. No. So,
0: OK, that's where she was. But details, details, yeah. an equivalent of her who should have been there. Yes,
1: yes. And of course, you know, um, them being kids. Even though they weren't allowed to contact their families on the uh, Jump Zero, they still tried, and one of the cadets tries to jury-rig a communicator, and Vernus finds out. So that cadet is separated from the rest, and the group only sees him again when they're stopped short of eating in the cafeteria, which the water was already being rationed anyway. Uh, and then Vernus brings this whole group of cadets into a separate room where he has the one cadet who was responsible for the, uh, jury rigging communicator. He has that cadet tied up to a post beaten and half naked.
0: Awesome. This creates good, well-balanced, adjusted adults.
1: Yes, this is, this is unit cohesion. Mm -hmm. Um... (laughs) And if you don't like it, it's because you're a snowflake. Nah.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Right. And if you use that, to, if you use that justification, you probably are also harboring some uh, some difficulties in your past. Yeah, you
1: got problems. Uh, so that's the that's the nicest thing I can say about that. If you, if you think that this kind of training's cool, uh, as yeah. punishment for everyone refusing to snitch on the cadet, and thereby, in Vernus's words, taking training like a joke. Caden and the rest of the group are ordered to biotically lift these, like presumably pretty heavy building block pieces that are in the center of the floor. And their task is to try to make this kind of figure or shape or puzzle. Mm-hmm. And they have to do it collectively. Like, uh, so, so like, I don't know about So like group Yoda training. Basically, yeah, through, like, Evil Yoda. Uh Right, yeah, yeah, clearly. (laughs) Um, I don't know about you, but I've had sports, like, coaches in sports growing up who were kind of like Vernus, Not nearly as bad, Mm -hmm. Uh, but the whole no pain, no gain thing taken to the extreme. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've I've certainly had coaches like that and I think probably some of our listeners can relate to this at least on a little bit of a level of which I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you can relate to that, but I know that you can. Um, So they're tasked with this kind of thing. Um, One of them is that Vernus tells them they have to start over if they drop a piece or mess it up. Mm-hmm. And guess mm-hmm. who guess who's actively trying to get them to drop pieces and mess it up during during this exercise? <laughs> yeah, it's Vernus. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes several hours, and and these cadets, because the water was rationed, as was the food, are dehydrated, they're exhausted, and they're starting to drop like flies. And including the woman that Caden is clearly in love with, named Rana. She, Caden tells us, is from a very wealthy (laughs) Turkish family. uh, And she is, she's got a way with words. She's charming, but she's not, not uh, a loose cannon like Caden is at this time. So Vernus targets Rana after seeing Caden saving her from dropping a piece because she's exhausted. So Vernus walks up and he offers her a glass of water. It's a trick, of course. He's making fun of her. He's taunting her. He's like, ah, you want the water? Because he's basically a f- fucking like Nazi. <laughs> right, um, right. but she's desperate and Caden tells her not to reach for it while well, she still does. It's too late though. When she reaches for it, Vernus breaks her arm in a very graphic way, Ugh. uh, with a biotic blast. He breaks her arm. It's a compound fracture. Uh, yeah, very graphic in in, in the comics, and Caden loses it. He just goes bonkers. He's like, <laughs> he he. Uh, did you ever watch uh, Dragon Ball Z? Oh yeah,
0: oh yeah. yeah. He goes he goes super Caden, super super say Caden, Caden, Sup, super Caden. <laughs> um,
1: and instead of yellow energy, it's blue. But <laughs> <laughs> Vernus does this. Caden loses it, he goes into this biotic blood rage, and then he hits Vernus, and Vernus pulls a knife on him, and so then Caden decides to give Vernus a biotic kick with all of his might, and and he ends up snapping his neck and killing the instructor in front of the entire classroom. Jeez, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so it's um, it's nuts. It's it's pretty in- insane, and everyone is like, "Good lord, you killed him!" Yeah. Yeah, well, and
0: some people get what they deserve.
1: So here's yeah, yeah. here's how Caden talks about how bad the brain camp was. This is from Mass Effect 1.
0: All right. I've got I've got this queued up here. Yep. At the right time. Listen to this. Instructor
1: was a Turian by the name of Commander Vernus. To introduce himself, he liked to say, I was at the helm of the dreadnought that killed your father. Well, I told him my dad wasn't in the war. He'd retired to Vancouver. My family had an inland home that matured to new beachfront. Vernus had it in for me after that. He cut corners, pushed hard. I mean, you either came out of Superman or a wreck. A lot of kids snapped. A few died. The point of all of this, I guess, is that when you cut corners, it's not always obvious who pays for it.
0: So there you go. I believe that's so. the full clip that you wanted to show, right? I think so.
1: I couldn't hear it. Um, oh, you can hear it. Okay. so yeah, I could not. Um, but just that's just an inkling of how bad the teaching is there, and just how protective Caden is of the people that he loves. He, of course, was kicked out of of Brain camp for that, but it, not that it really mattered because shortly thereafter, all the revelations came about of how terrible these kids were being treated, and Brain camp was shut down.
0: Nice. well. Everything's better then, right? No more problems. <laughs> yep, that's <laughs> the end of Caden's story. Yeah. All right. But that's no. not, that's clearly not the end of Caden's actual story though, right? We see him grown up, we see him like later on in the games. Yes. So
1: this all took place like decades before the first Mass Effect game, but we can get into his later lore after the midbreak.
0: Sounds good. Why don't we take a break? We're gonna thank our patrons and we will be right back. Message coming in. Patch it through. I am sovereign, and this station is mine. I like the sound of that. Alright, here we are in the middle of the show, and this is where we get to give a big shout out to our patrons for being so awesome and helping to support us and doing this and keeping the show going. We have some new patrons. Uh, actually, we have one new patron, Roxin Socks, who signed up this last week, and Marcos P., who upgraded to Tier 4 in order to join us on the patron episode this coming week, this this month's patron episode, which will be a week from today as we record this on Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. The new live show time is like four hours earlier than that because it works a little bit better for me and uh, Sam here because eh, we don't have to commit our entire Friday nights to everything. So so normal shows, 5 p.m. slash 2 p.m. And then patron episodes still Friday night at 9 p.m. slash 6 p.m. So come join us for that. You still have time to sign up or upgrade if you'd like to join us. We haven't decided. We haven't finalized a, a topic yet. But if you have some ideas, some things that you would like to discuss and. If you are new because the the patrons who join kind of cycle through a little bit if there's a topic that we should revisit with some new patrons don't be afraid to suggest it we can always go back and and revisit a patron chat because even though it might be the same topic we might end up with a different angle a different way of framing it more things to discuss than we did last time so that's always worth doing another thing i wanted to note before i forget for patrons if you are tuning into the show and you are of the mindset, let's say this is months from now, and you're of the mindset that I need to get through all the episodes before I want to sign up on Patreon because I feel like I need to have heard everything before I can join you for a patron chat or whatever. Don't feel the need to wait. You don't have to wait until you're all caught up. The longer the, the, the longer the show goes on, the longer that's going to be one of those things. It's, it's, it just becomes a big hurdle. And I would hate for that to get in the way of you being able to join the community and join us and do that sort of thing. So, Part of the reason why the Patreon is set up the way it is with even the bottom tier giving you ad free episodes is so that even if you sign up at a lower tier early, you can get through the content faster. You don't have to listen to those. Ads showing up in the regular episodes, any of that stuff. So just be aware, you don't have to wait till the end if that's something that you would like to do to support or to get through the content. So, also, we have to shout out the uh, Shepherd tier patrons and a big thanks to all 64 current patrons. We have Shepherd tier patrons Kolkashins, Captain Shanko, Kira C, Lieutenant Ticino, Shep Valkyrian, And William, thank you so much for your extra support. We really do appreciate it. And uh, Sam, we got a comment this week from one of our patrons, uh, Fiona R, who said that they left us a review on Podcast Republic, which is one of those locations that I don't have an aggregator for. So if... If you do leave a review on a different platform, because you use a different platform for your podcasts, then just send us a message. Let us know. We'll, We'll pull it up. So Fiona writes, if you're a Mass Effect fan on overload like me, but reading the Codex wraps your brain, this podcast will hit you like a concussive shot. Find unity with Tom and Sam and let them throw you onto a new level of Mass Effect fandom. That's all awesome. Love all the
1: Mass Effect puns there. That's great.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. really, really good. Thank you, Fiona. And then we have one that came in on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you leave a five star rating on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it out in the future from Big Mike O in the US who writes might be my new favorite podcast. Five stars as someone who loves Mass Effect, but now both works and studies full time. Dude, adulting is hard. This is the perfect way for me to experience the story of the trilogy and still do everything I do in a day. Plus, the hosts are solid, which helps a lot. Well worth the listen. Thanks, Big Mike. Thanks for... Uh, you hear that? We're solid. That. We're solid. Although I've been told that I'm quite gaseous, so I don't know. Uh, it depends on what you eat. Um, <laughs> but thank you to everybody who takes the time to leave ratings and reviews. Also, you can leave us ratings on Spotify. That's a big help as well. And I believe... Oh, we do have one more thing to say. Big shout out to all of our subs on YouTube. We have passed 1,000 subs. On YouTube. We're a a big boy channel now. And just moments ago,
1: I don't know if you saw this email, but just moments Mm. ago, we got an email from YouTube. We were
0: approved. Sweet. Approved we're approved for all the big boy stuff so we can do all the. we have all access to all the features on YouTube now Which is awesome including ads So if you if you want to find another way to support us watching the live videos that get recorded and put on the Mass Effect Lorecast channel then the ads show up we now actually get a cut of that which is super great So thank you to everybody that that all of this stuff helps. So thank you so much Um, If you haven't found that channel yet, and you want to check out our stuff on there go check it out We, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll get creative and add extra stuff on there that doesn't show up in the actual podcast audio feed because it works better as a visual medium. You never know. So thank you to all of your support. We really do appreciate it. All right. Let's get on with the rest of the talk about Caden. Spit it out. Or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. All right. So back to Caden talk. So here's a question for you, Sam. Where does Caden go in life after the brain camp incident? Like right down the toilet, right down the toilet. I mean, I feel like there's, there's probably a gap there, right? Between like brain camp incident. And then when we meet him,
1: he jumps into the
0: wild, dark (laughs)
1: yonder. He joins Uh, an improv (laughs) troupe. Cool. (laughs) He becomes a barista and then gets a lot of tattoos uh,
0: Has some pretty traumatic stories. He gets you know, really um, good at the, like, like the coffee art, you know? Yes. He's a, he's a latte artist. Right. But he's got his biotic um, power so he can like sculpt it at like a molecular level. He, he enjoys his job. I'm sure he doesn't harbor resentment whatsoever.
1: Um, No, probably predictable, but he joins the alliance in in 2173, uh, so not too long after the brain camp incident, and he works his way up to lieutenant. This is kind of an important point here because he enlists. He enlists in the military and then works himself up to lieutenant in the Navy. That's no small feat. No, that's that's significant. He had to have some significant commendations along the way. And then he is ultimately assigned to the SSV Normandy under... uh, Captain David Anderson at that point. And he keeps the original L2 implant that he was given back in huh. the day, which if you remember last week, we talked about how archaic these implants were and they resulted in imbalances and often led people to developing these crippling conditions, but. That's why I get migraines, by the way.
0: I went <laughs> to brain biotic, camp yes. and I, I have one of those things and it was it was a whole thing, but yeah, I haven't got yeah, my switched it, out yet. Where did Caden go in life? He started the Robots Radio Network. Uh, (laughs) I am Caden. I have, I guess I look a little similar to him. A little, if he grew out his beard. If he had a beard. Yeah. 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 Are you Canadian? No. Not at all. I didn't. I didn't think so. I'm about as far away from Canada as you can get in the U.S. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> That's true.
1: <laughs> that, that is pretty true.
0: <laughs>
1: so, uh, Doctor Chakwas counts him lucky because, at, like, all he gets are migraines. Because the 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 comparison is that other people like have seizures and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So. I'm not so sure he would consider himself lucky uh, and even says so to Garris and Rex when they tell him that they'd take the extra power over an L2 rather than the comfort and stability of an L3.
0: Dude, suffer regular migraines and you're start, you're gonna start changing that opinion. <laughs> yeah, and
1: you'd probably yeah. change your opinion on a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. I get migraines every now and then, and they are awful. Uh, so yeah, I don't think that Caden considers himself lucky. But I don't know the exact events that got him forgiven for killing Vernus and back in good graces with biotic institutions or the Alliance. I'm not sure quite what happened there, but they probably just looked into the camp and were like, yeah, this was terrible.
0: Yeah, this just- is this is bad all the way around. Why don't we just hush-hush about it and just move on? Yeah. yeah. Why don't we just give him what he wants and he won't sue us?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although one thing is for sure, it was because... He, he came back because he wanted to serve this time, not because he was kidnapped by men in black.
0: <laughs> now um, the song is in my head. <laughs> oh, no.
1: We can't play it. We can't play it. Otherwise, we'll get um, copyright infringement claims or something. I'm not going to um, sing it either. So moving on. I'm not either. Mm hmm. Keep that song out this motherfucking <laughs> podcast.
0: <laughs> oh man, that is a, That is a there's a connection there. The Will Smith. Yeah. yeah okay. All right.
1: Uh, <laughs> anyway, when when Caden reflects later on how bad Vernus was, he says something rather profound to Shepard. He, he says he notices how human aliens are. That there are jerks and saints just like us. Imagine that. W- which I think it reflects how mature Caden has become and how much introspection he's put in uh, since that moment where he had the fight with with Vernus. Unlike the elusive man, he doesn't let his conflicts with Turians make him fear and hate the other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that that is a key key difference. And I think it it is an ongoing theme and it might be part of why he hates the elusive man so much. Uh, Caden really does. I mean, there's no love lost there whatsoever. Um, Caden seems to take real issue with any human who is too pushy and arrogant in the galactic community, uh, like aliens sometimes rightfully perceive humans to be in Mass Effect. He lets the terra firma guy on the Citadel have it in Mass Effect 1. Mm Mm-hmm. And he thinks Udina doesn't act like humans should, uh, being the newcomer to the galaxy.
0: I so. Okay, so I, I, I don't want to talk about myself a lot, but this is one of those weird things where I do have something in common with Caden here. Like the idea that like when when men do things that are overly aggressive or point to themselves too much or are particularly uh, harmful towards women, there's this thing that like clicks in my I'm a very, very peaceful person. There's this thing that clicks in my head that goes... Like, oh, no, you don't like, you know, you you are absolutely wrong there. You know, like, uh, for example, we were driving Just side story. We're driving through a, a plaza one day to get to like Staples in order to buy some like supplies for my son's like school stuff. Right. And on the sidewalk is a woman, a pregnant woman with a stroller and a baby in the stroller. And it's the summer. It's the end of the summer. It's burning hot outside and she's waiting to cross the street to get to her car to get out of the sun. And the place was so busy and none of the cars coming towards us would stop to let her cross. And I like, I almost got out of the car and walked in front of the line of cars. Like, are you freaking kidding me? There's a pregnant woman trying to get out of the heat. Like, like,
1: That stuff just like just people are so absorbed in their own like life and their own worries that my worries are bigger than anything else. You couldn't miss her.
0: It's not like there were trees in the way. Like this is an open parking lot, right? It was just like, are you kidding? Anyway, sorry. Had to just yeah. Like no, I get it. I get that feeling that he probably has when things like this happen, and you're just like, no, you don't. That's no. My wife was like oh, you're think, not going to get out of the car. And I was like okay, fine. <laughs> I think that's how I
1: feel when when I when I see someone in an, in a position of power who is intentionally abusing it and right. knowingly lying to people. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's the same kind that's, of thing. And, and that's yeah. that's the nature of like uh, a man abusing his strength in a situation over somebody weaker, right? Like right. those kinds of things. I'm just like are you, you don't pick on people who are weaker than you? Like yeah. you punch up, you don't punch down. <laughs> like, yeah, what's that's what's the thing. And the, like
1: and it's an added layer of messed up when people gaslight the victim. Sure. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. That's so, just I could really go on gets and me on about that. I don't know. Everyone's yeah. gonna call me a paladin now. You know, Tom's a paladin. Oh uh, yeah, 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 there we go. I
1: yeah. think Tom Tom very well might be Caden. Um so <laughs> you know what about Caden, what's more, I think his experience with Vernus is what leads him to be totally concerned about keeping his emotions in check. Because the one time that he lost control, he killed someone mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and he knows that it probably was wrongfully so, he didn't have to kill him. Right. So now he's always in control or at least he tries to be. And this is going to be a hot take, but you know, jumping forward to Mass Effect 2, when Caden runs into Shepard on Horizon. I think he's justified in what he says to Shepard, a romance player or not, you know, everything he says makes sense within Caden's dutiful, committed soldiers character.
0: Okay, so you think Shepard is in the wrong in this situation? I, I do,
1: uh, as kind of a refresher for the listeners, I'm talking about when Caden runs into Shepard in Mass Effect 2, the first time that Caden knows or you know faces Shepard since Shepard's death. And Caden is understandably very distraught because he thought that the commander uh, who he idolized, uh, the one who he saw die, is now back alive after two years and now wearing terrorist colors. Uh, so this is something that Caden's morality just can't ignore and neither can his emotional attachment to Shepard. My only regret with that scene is Shepard's own lines. Not everything Caden says is right, but it's understandable. But Shepard's pre-programmed lines, no matter what you choose, they don't give the player an opportunity to set the record straight. Caden says, you know, two years and you never called me. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I was fucking dead. But, but, I have a really good reason for that, buddy. <laughs> I have a solid alibi, but, but even so, you know, I think can Caden handles that situation with far more composure than the average person would. And Shepard is just way too cavalier about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I, that's one of those things that disturbs me in games is when you can't just give the explanation that would kind of chill the situation out. And instead it's just any, whatever you choose is going to heighten the situation. doesn't matter that kind of hits me funny because I'm like, that's not what I would say.
1: Right, it's kind of missing the elephant in the room. And yes, um, Shepard can explain that they were being reconstructed, but but Shepard says it in this like super cavalier way, like, oh, well, I was busy at the bar the other day.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: like, get off my butt. Know, <laughs> like there's a yeah. million things Shepard could have said. I was dead. you know how many people I have to contact? <laughs> Right, like, right. I'm very sorry that I haven't contacted you, but I didn't even know where to find. That's the other thing. Right, Caden <laughs> Sh- Shepherd asks the elusive man about Caden specifically, and can't get information on where Caden is. Also asks Anderson where Caden is. Can't get information because it's top secret, and and Shepherd doesn't have the alliance right security. And that's a anymore. simple
0: explanation. You know what? I tried. I couldn't. I couldn't get anyone to give me the information in order to find you. I'm so glad I found you right now. Boom! Right, solved. Big hug. Whether you're a romantic hug or bro hug, doesn't matter. Big hug. Move on. Right. And there's
1: such little emotion there anyway, romance player or not. There's there's very little emotion when Shepherd you know like sees Caden. There's no like, oh my god, like I'm seeing a ghost right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no K- Shepherd running and being like, oh my gosh, like it's just hey, Caden, good to see ya hey bro (laughs) put her there put her there pal
0: right right which is even more awkward from like a romantic standpoint (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's one thing to be like you know "Eh, that's my bro We've, we've been in some scuffs together you know it's another to be like i've got i've got real feelings for this person i'm seeing them again for the first time And there's no
1: Paragon or Renegade way to really effectively communicate for Shepard like, hey, I know how this looks. I know this looks really bad because we are well aware of the really crappy things that Cerberus had done in the past. Mm -hmm. And I know the first time you're seeing me, I'm wearing Cerberus colors, but I I promise you, I'm still me. Just let me explain.
0: There's a reason for this. Can we talk? Let's go get some coffee. I know you can sculpt the art on top of it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's none of that, there's, and, and I, I guess I get it because they had just literally been fearing for their lives in a crazy battle. Um, but you know, there are a few moments when Caden seemingly loses his characteristic tact. Uh, that was not one of them. I think that he maintained his composure pretty well, but notably after Horizon in Mass Effect 3, so the same planet in Mass Effect 3, and he sees these abominations that Cerberus was making out of these innocent refugees. This angers Caden on some deep, deep level to the point where he says something that when I heard it the first time, I wondered if he had lost his fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I couldn't find the clip. I searched far and wide, but I, I just couldn't narrow it down. I would have had to like go to this specific point in the game. Yeah, yeah But he, he says, he says, quote, and I'm going to try and reenact exactly how he says it because I remember. Oh, do it. Do it. Can you feel it, Shepard? The quickening? The lucid man better say his prayers tonight because we're coming for him, murderous asshole. Oh yeah, tide is turning.
0: I can feel it. Isn't the quickening one of those things people used to say when they were getting pregnant or something? (laughs)
1: Like an old timey expression. <laughs> the first time I heard him say this, I was like, what the hell are you talking about, dude? Have you lost your mind? Are you about to murder everyone on the ship? Like what is going it's on? It's like he's finally right letting now? his
0: guard down. He's just like, uh, I never say this usually, but I had a few drinks. And, uh, okay, here he goes.
1: It's like, you know, the certain apprehension you might feel toward the quiet person in the group because you're like, (laughs) I wonder if what they're thinking about is totally fucking crazy and that's Uh why they're not talking.
0: That's why they're so quiet. Yeah, they've learned to just to be quiet and not share (laughs) because it's dangerous when they do.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of terrifying hearing him go unhinged like that because he's normally got everything so in control and so suppressed it's like the saying even the demons are afraid when a good man goes to war you know Mm -hmm. but but it's also a symbol of his internal battle i think between his own emotions and his rationality and his duty uh so I, i think he struggles a lot with with shepard's ties to cerberus and constantly cerberus is the one thing that can really set him off and uh It's an ongoing theme and and, and one that I think tugs at the very core of who Caden is. He can forgive many, many things, but he cannot forgive someone who abandons their duty. And to Caden, Cerberus abandoned their duty to humanity when they exalted themselves above every other race. And that's not even mentioning the atrocities they committed against civilians, which Caden has a special hatred for.
0: There's also, I think, Maybe, and tell me if I'm wrong, this dynamic where his background, he has justification to have like racist qualities because of abuse from a Turian, right? And he could have doubled down on that. He could have doubled down on his accidentally killing that Turian by saying things like, well, all Turians are scum. It doesn't matter anyway, right? And he could have gone what's more like the Ashley route. It's not exactly the same thing, but more in that direction but he doesn't, he turns the corner, he decides to do be the better man and decides to take other races as individuals who are, some are good and some are bad and, or some do good things and some do bad things, let's say it like that. But seeing somebody like the elusive man in a position of power, abusing that power for racist intent is probably very disappointing to him because he's like, take the higher ground, dude.
1: Yeah, and I think he's also pretty pissed off about it because of the name it gives humanity. Yeah, um, yeah. And he's actively trying to fight against that, that kind of uh, perception. And this isn't to say that Caden gives a pass to aliens uh, for their indiscretions, he doesn't whatsoever. And he really is not a fan of this the Citadel Council, uh, especially throughout the, the events of Mass Effect 1. Um, so he, he uh, He apologizes and comes around for certain things that he says to Shepard at different points, namely about Horizon and Mass Effect 2. Uh, But he doesn't, he never apologizes for his hatred and his bloodthirst for killing Cerberus. Mm -hmm. Uh, He doesn't feel bad about that. That is at the very core of who he is. And so regardless of how you cut it, Caden has his own firm moral compass, be that right or wrong. And I'd argue that even with the way that Shepard can shape Caden's views through Paragon and Renegade development, that Caden might be the most grounded of any squad mate on the Normandy. He knows who he is, and he knows right from wrong. So, you know, we were doing um, D&D alignment things with previous characters. I'd say Caden is pretty squarely lawful good.
0: Yes, yes, according to his own justifications of what lawful is. And sometimes he takes that too far. Yeah. In fact, I think that's a common thing is this idea that like, if you are lawful good, then you have the right to smite evil, even though the act of smiting is inherently dark. Yeah. Yeah. I struggled with,
1: you know, I was like, is he neutral good or is he lawful good? And and ultimately I think he's lawful good because someone that's Mm -hmm. like neutral good would probably be more like Ashley. She doesn't hate the law. She doesn't hate the regulations and the way things are, but she also thinks that it sometimes gets in the way. Right. Right. Whereas someone chaotic good, like Garrus, thinks that all that does is get in the way. <laughs> right, yes, yes. Uh, so right. get Garris out of my way,
0: this system's like keeping me from doing the thing I need to do. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Right, Garris, Garris believes he has the best interest at heart, but he thinks he should be allowed to pursue it, whatever the means, mm-hmm. because he believes that the ends justify the means. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so I agree. Fit, and f- fitting with the theme of self-control and calm, uh, have you ever noticed that his armor in Mass Effect 3 is blue? I think that was,
0: uh, of course, blue is an alliance
1: color, but I think it was also sure. pretty intentional.
0: It's Like a calming, cool color. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Calming, cool color. Cool so, color, dude.
1: So, you you know, you've got this very honorable, good guy persona. And I think because of that, a lot of people think he can be manipulated easily. Mm-hmm. But I want to make one thing clear. And, and specifically, I'm talking about Udina in Mass Effect 3 promoting him to Spectre, obviously, as a, trying to use Caden as a tool. I don't think that that's Caden's fault, even if he was. I think Caden is smart enough to know when he is being manipulated, but I think that he has this uh, this outlook on, on life and the worldview that he's still going to do what he should do because his actions shouldn't be dictated by others. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think that it's right to blame Caden for being manipulated, as I don't think it's right to blame any victim of manipulation. Right. Blame the person doing it. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, we, in just in even a bigger sense, making some, like, turning trustworthiness into a negative quality is dangerous. It's yeah. better to be more trustworthy than more, more trusting than more guarded in the long run.
1: It is a very dark thing when you hear, and I've heard it from my own friends before, uh, any indication or suggestion that you trusted that person, what a fucking idiot you are. That's a pretty dark quality. And I very strongly advise anyone to avoid going down that path um, because you're not gonna find Any ounce of solace at the end of it.
0: Right. If you Um, don't think you can trust anybody, then that is a very, very difficult stance to hold. And it's psychologically damaging to you. We are not built to not be able to trust people. Now, you should be careful about who you trust. You shouldn't be overly trusting. But in general, you have to believe that you can trust the people close to you. Otherwise, you can't actually function in society.
1: But there is this archetype in in fiction of the uh, paladin who is so easily manipulated because he always does what's right. Right.
0: Well, that's, you know, that's that's one of those things like this idea that like, oh, you're a goody goody. You're just going to believe anything they say. You're just going to right You're you're an idiot. You're easy to convince. And sure, there are people who are like that. But there are also people who are more in line with Caden and Caden chooses the, the higher path, not because it's easy, but because it's hard. Mm. And because he's with he's fighting against his own demons, the things that he feels like he wants to do, but he knows he shouldn't in order to do the right thing that takes more resilience and strength than it does going with what's easy and following a darker path. It's usually the dark path that's the easy one. The, the being oh, the good course. guy is is hard. The standing up for people who can't stand up for themselves is hard. It's it's socially isolating. It's and in fact, that's that's why I think in literature and even in our own society, why people who tend to be more nefarious will make fun of the goody goodies because they're actually threatened by them. They're not threatened by other people dark people because they can predict what those dark people are going to do and those dark people are are dark people these like nefarious individuals are actually easier to deal with than somebody who's a white knight the white knight like caden doesn't give up they stand for what's right and they can't be manipulated or back down that is a very threatening thing to to somebody who's has nefarious intentions so they have right. to paint it as something it's not
1: Yeah, exactly. And so the easiest low hanging fruit is saying like, oh, what an idiot. Like if he's only if he's doing the right thing, it must be because he's an idiot. If someone says that to you, it says way more about them.
0: Yes. Well, yeah, this is just one of those things in general. Anytime somebody decides to pin something on anybody else, they're saying more about themselves than they are the person they're talking about every single time. And you, I see th- you see this on the internet all the time. Well, you're an idiot because you believe that that game's actually good. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> you said absolutely yeah. nothing about the person you're talking about, and you said everything about your own bias. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, pretty much. Well, and, I'm gonna and, get off know, my what, uh, my white steed now. Jeez. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. Now, what's the weather like up there? <laughs> Um, Hey, and, and to all of you who are listening to this and wondering why we didn't touch on the romance aspects of Caden on this episode, that's because we are devoting an entire episode to that. And we will have a special guest who can give the same level of passion for Caden as I did with Ashley.
0: You're but just going to leave it there. You're just going to not tell anybody who it
1: is. I'm not, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep secret. it a surprise. It's a secret. Yeah. So
0: Whew. yeah, next, next week. We got the patron chat, patron chat coming up, come and join us. If you'd like, you can always sign up on the, uh, the Patreon episode before this coming Friday, the 28th. So get on that. If you're interested in joining us, we'd love to have you. We're all about building out the community and just being buds and enjoying the things that we nerd out about together. That's what, that's what this entire network is built about. So, uh, awesome episode as usual, Sam, you got anything else you want to share before we head out? I am I'm am streaming streaming Mass
1: Effect on Saturdays. I'm getting very, very close to the end of my uh, Fim Shep playthrough. I had to take last week off uh, because I was visiting some friends and uh, my partner down in Oregon. But this Saturday, so we're airing this, we're recording this on Friday, uh, so this will be Saturday the 22nd. I will be streaming and I think it's either going to be that stream or the next stream that i play the ending to my first film ship playthrough
0: ever nice
1: and jumping on the bandwagon of spooky games i've also started streaming alien isolation
0: oh yeah that's a and good one did you know you can play so, that one in vr i've been on this vr kick lately that one <laughs> is like hide from the alien and sneak around because you're the only person left in the ship it's basically alien the movie the video game right right um yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine doing that in VR? like the thing like you're standing there looking at one of those grates and then the alien comes like stomping by and sniffing at the grate in front of you and you're just
1: like oh my god no i'd rather keep my heart rate under 200 um (laughs) but i've 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 started to play the game and i'm and i've very quickly realized that i can't brute force my way through a lot of the parts but i but i did successfully do the first part (laughs) where the game was trying to kind of lead you down this linear path and i brute force my way into somewhere i shouldn't have been but that's just kind of how i play and if you're interested in seeing that kind of thing uh then you can follow me at at in 7 legend on twitch and twitter
0: awesome awesome uh be free says i should stream that on my next game stream um i'll be back doing game streams next week i've had other stuff going on this week clearly uh, with foot injuries and my wife working from home and stuff but i will be giving away a bunch of stuff. I've still have three lithographs for the Fallout 25th anniversary from Bethesda. Thank you, Bethesda. And $200 gift cards to the Bethesda shop. So if you like Fallout and Elder Scrolls and those games, Doom, any of that stuff, then come hang out on my streams, twitch.tv slash robots radio in the afternoons on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I'll be giving stuff away all week because I got to get it out by the end of the month. That's what I decided to do, so I'm going to stick to it. And, uh, yeah, I've been playing a lot of VR. I've got a new channel. Well, I'm moving things over. I'm re I do too many different things and YouTube doesn't like it if you post too many things to the same channel So I'm moving my fun videos where I'm like playing VR and my shorts and stuff all onto the robots run robots radio fun stuff channel So there's a link I put it in the discord you can go check that out If you like my funny stuff go over there if you like my news and commentary and reaction stuff then go to the main channel so that's a big update on my stuff Um, but otherwise Thanks for being here, everybody. We look forward to chatting with you next week on the Patreon episode. Remember, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, Friday night, the 28th. We'll see you then. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you later.